Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. This week, we're reading Crown Duel by Sherwood Smith, otherwise known as I Don't Want to Be Special. All right. All right. Let's set the stage. Yes. Okay. Open curtain. And we meet Mel. Countess Maliara, if you want to be real specific, because we need our heroine to be sympathetic a bit. She needs to like run around barefoot, wear worn down dresses, have friends among the common folk. She needs a nickname. Yeah. So she calls herself (laughs) Mel uh, to put a little distance between herself and the aristocratic identity. Uh, aristocratic yeah aristocratic yes uh more on that <laughs> reoccurring theme later and we you know we the reader think yeah okay poor little literally rich girl uh give us your story yes and i think that's kind of funny because we talk about it so we recorded this where we did our question and answer which i think is episode three mm-hmm. first and then we recorded this but we have a whole fucking s like oh, we we go <laughs> we went into down this. on this one mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because like you kind of like don't like her at first yeah like okay so that that came that came out a little snarkier but like yeah when you start to think about it we see this heroine structure again and again and again and like at the end of the day i'm okay with it you're okay with mm-hmm. it because it's repeatable and it works yep right yep. like it's a trope but you know Tropes exist for a reason. It's enjoyable. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. All right, back, back to Mel. Back yes. to Mel. All right. Her mother was mysteriously murdered years prior, and mm. her father, who never recovered from the death of her mother, that you know, never happens in fiction. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's new. <laughs> uh, so, so don't worry, though. Uh, Mel has a somewhat normal and healthy relationship with her slightly older brother. And by slightly, I think Mel was around 16, 17, 18, that range. Yeah. Met, uh, Bran is what twenty one. Yeah, so he's probably like four or five years older than her. It's like the cool older older brother thing going on. Oh, well, cool is relative. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> Bran not cool in this case. Bran Braneric. Okay, so nicknames are a theme here. Mel yes. Meliara. Bran Braneric. Braneric. Branaric. Um, Branar. Yeah, Bran. <laughs> okay, so he is the. I hesitate to say unsung hero at this point mm-hmm. uh, because he's like a well-meaning LaFou to Mel's clumsy guest on mm, Disney reference. I, I live for those Disney references. It's right? true though. Um, but he gets a very, very dramatic Netflix entrance <laughs> that he does. It's, it's kind of, <laughs> it's a little cringe. It did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, we learned very quickly that there's, there's two main issues plaguing these siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, taxes from the ruthless king and concern over the king's intent to break the covenant dun 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 thank you very timely yes <laughs> all right so so what is this covenant all right so this is where the story diverges from the the typical and dabbles in some fun world building we talk about this a little bit further on in some other episodes mm-hmm. um so if you know anything about Sherwood smith she she kills it. She knows her world building. Uh, she does it delicately. She does it subtly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got some tree people. So, you know, ants, anyone. Uh, I thought they were like little wood goblins. Oh, like. <laughs> 
Oh dear. We're just so, like little people that are like wood little tree guys. Oh dear. Okay, okay, but that's fair though, because so she's so vague in her descriptions of the hill folk. That's what yes. they're called. The hill folk. These are the tree people. Uh they're magical in their nature. Uh though, you know, it's kind of up to the reader to decide exactly how to picture them. And that's okay. Right? It's fun. Yeah. It, it feels like I can take whatever interpretation I want to without like it feeling forced, like here is this like lengthy backstory on the historical nuances of this land. And this is how magic works. And it's like, no, here's some like interesting little like hill folk and they look like wood do with that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's very vague. Okay. Hill folk. And then they have the magic color woods. Yes. Right. We're not getting super creative with these magical names, right? They're called color woods. <laughs> and what does that mean? Color woods. They look like fancy colors. Yeah. Right. You cut the, you cut the wood open and there's like blue, green, purple, red, all amazing. It's all in the middle and they're special. The wood is special. It's super valuable anyway. So we have the hill folk, we have the color woods, and then we have the covenant in exchange for only gathering color wood, color wood that has fallen naturally. Mm. And this color wood sells very well. The hill folk provide fire sticks to every family in Ramelma. I love how she did not describe at all what fire sticks were. Right. She was like, go ahead. What do you think they are? <laughs> fire sticks, right? Like flashlights, anyone? Uh, I kind of thought they were uh, like, you know, when in, the police have like an incident at night, um, what are those called? Oh, and they break off the top and it's my like, goodness. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I've always called them glow sticks. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, they are not glow sticks. Not um, glow sticks. I could not tell you what they are, though. <laughs> I need to cut this out and come back. <laughs> we'll just, uh, we will come back in two seconds yes, with an answer we will. to we that. We will define what uh, color woods and, and what the fire sticks, fire sticks <laughs> means to us. So definitely not flashlights, guys. No. Uh, but, you know, close enough. This is magical wood that will burn for an extended period of time. Yes. Months, if not years, and can be stopped and then relit. Mm. It's uh, very useful in a pre-industrial society. Okay? Yes. All right, so the Covenant at this point when we encounter our hero, our heroine, Mel, mm -hmm. is centuries old. Um, and it's necessary to the security of Ramelna, right? Mm -hmm. Break the Covenant and then bad things happen because the Hillfolk, despite being, you know, tree people and leafy and friendly, <laughs> right? They were, they're going to murder you, right? Yep. <laughs> like you're going to lose. Frankly, you're going to die. <laughs> right? Like they may be tree people, but, you know, you're going to lose. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a fun theme because that's, that's how it goes. Like you undertake these horrible circumstances, you come to an agreement and then years down the road, people are like, Oh, this like agreement is stupid. Like, uh, why do we even have this? We're just going to do whatever the fuck we want. And then, uh, inevitably ruin ensues. <laughs> this sounds familiar. Don't, Interesting. Don't say this happens in modern day. What? No, no, never. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, but why does our heroine, why does Mel care about Groot and his friends? Okay. So that's, mm. So her family's crumbling castle, like mm -hmm. poor Countess Meliara, her family's <laughs> crumbling castle and their extensive lands named Talanth. That's, you know, Talanth. one of the many names you'll have to remember throughout the story. Yes. They're located high in the mountains, close to the Colorwoods and the Hillfolk. Mel is special because she knows all about the hill folk and about them and actually gives a shit about their well-being. So, like, yeah, you know, think her earth-loving hippie children versus corporate business, and Mel is the social justice warrior. <laughs> I 
I feel that. I like that. I didn't even think about that when I was reading it. I'm like, oh my God, she needs to like support them throughout all this craziness. <laughs> like, obviously she needs to go to war as like this under, you know, funded, underarmed group. Like for sure. She is right. She needs to do she it. She has a cause. Okay. So we, <laughs> we, we can support our heroine. She is justified. Yep. She's, she's rooting against the big, bad, evil villain. All yep. right. So like all of this is established very quickly and very early on. Like, I think it's all yeah summarized in the prologue. Uh, yeah. It's like the prologue and then like the first chapter. Cause like at the end of the first chapter, the dad dies. Of course. Cause yeah. why not? Like, you know, it's Disney. So yeah. both parents <laughs> have to die at one point. Yep. You have to be an orphan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you haven't suffered enough. Let's kill both your parents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so prologue established. And the prologue, by the way, is very short. I appreciated yeah. that as a reader. Like, give yes. me just enough history to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's not even necessarily, like, required to read. No. Like, it's like a little tidbit that kind of gives you a little extra content. But because there is, I hate those books that you have to read the prologue and you're like, I don't understand what this is. And I know I'll understand it later. But, like, right now this makes no sense. But I have to read it. Like, this is, like, optional. Mm -hmm. But a good idea. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. what a prologue should be. Yeah. Optional, but a good idea. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Okay. So it, it's action time. Mm -hmm. Cut to it's been days, mm. no weeks, and Bran. Uh, that's the brother, if you don't remember. Bran, Braneric. Uh, he was supposed to return from this mission to the capital. Yes, there's a mission. The book is titled Crown Duel, after all. <laughs> um, so Mel and her friends are celebrating her flower day, which, mm -hmm. you know, almost certainly is like the 17th or 18th birthday and means that, you know, the girl is entering her, like, doing age. Right? She's a woman. She is a woman. She is ready <laughs> to meet her flirts. Oh, I love that they're called flirts. It's it's cute. It's cute. I like it. It's <laughs> it's a nice way to introduce like a romantic angle without making it a hyper focus, right? Yes. Yeah. They're a flirt. It's a flirt. It's twoing. It's a thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but all of this, her flower day, it, it's all overshadowed by concerns of war and general poverty, as it should be, right? Yes. Like <laughs> that's reasonable <laughs> concerns. <laughs> right? Like, are you gonna have a happy birthday if these things are like overtaking your everyday life? Yeah. Okay? So, like Mel, she's wearing a horse blanket, right? She doesn't have proper clothes. She's, yeah, a, she's count a countess. She's a countess. She's She's poor. Yeah, okay, she she's, is. she's wearing a horse blanket. She is. I mean, like, if even if she had the option to wear a nice dress, I don't think she would. No, she's totally, like, voluntary horse blanket wearer. Yeah, but she's, like, reveling in, like, the downtrodden. Yes. All right. So, well, there's also this whole theme of, like, Mel's general lack of enthusiasm for her, the symbolism of the flower day. Mm -hmm. Like, she just doesn't get it. She's not relationship crazed. She's not motivated by it. There's, like, no childhood friend or rival waiting in the wings like to sweep her off her feet mm -hmm. like she's just a girl trying to pay her dad's taxes and uh, save the trees i feel very uh i like love this because i feel like there's a lot of times that you immediately want the love interest it's very like immediate gratification but mel is just so innocent and she's like how could i think about flirting like i have all these concerns like boys are still gross it's like kind of like Oh, like she's just a little, you know, innocence. social justice for you right now, but girl, In she gonna see you. <laughs> innocence, not a word I would like that doesn't, it didn't come to mind to me for mm -hmm. her when I was reading this, but it's so true. Yeah. She's very innocent, because, yeah. but she goes through a lot of shit. Yeah. She, she has earned that to right? just like ignore boys. Like she needs to focus on like 
surviving. <laughs> yeah, like so despite her experience, she's kind of naive still mm-hmm. to some naive certain aspects of life. Yes. Right? Yeah. Innocent and naive. She's having her birthday, right? It's supposed to be this happy day, but it's kind of shitty because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um so remember, Bran, he went to the Capitol. He's been gone. Like, so he's been gone for days or weeks, right? Um, so she's at her party. She's trying to have a good time. It's a struggle. But then from the shadows, a horse <laughs> and rider emerges into the flickering firelight of the flower day party. Like this smallish crowd quiets and dread settles into the air. And the rider slumps forward off the horse. Who is it but Bran? <laughs> Bran. Bran. <laughs> Bran has returned. And he announces with, you know, hopeless gravity that they're going to war. Boom, boom. Boom. Netflix. The, like, title slide, the, like, actor names, the, like, soundtrack. Yeah. Make a movie at this point, <laughs> man. Like, you know, we've all seen that scene where, you know, yes. the dude falls off the horse and we've got that death-defying message. We're going to war. We're going to war. And then, like, the super dramatic, like, dun, dun, dun. And Uh then the title screen comes on immediately. This is what kicks off the story. It really does. Yes. So, like, at this point, we, like, we learn the king doesn't care about the taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, the SDRs, that's the last name, right? You know, they haven't been able to pay their taxes for a while. And Mm -hmm. the king, but the king doesn't care about that. But the king, King Galdran, to be specific, Mm -hmm. he wants those color woods. And he's sending his military, you know, to seize the Astiar property Mm -hmm. um, and use the lack of payment of taxes to kind of seize the property, get the color woods, and, you know, take advantage of the hill folk. That's Mm -hmm. the whole premise right here. Yeah, this is a this is a big problem, right? But let's emphasize again: Mel and Bran are young, yes. right? Their exposure to the world outside of their lands, it's very limited, and and they are extremely Mel more so influenced by the biases of their parents. They were dicks about the aristocracy, like they're like, yeah, you guys are like royal, but you know the court's full of like liars, like you know horrible. They're liars they deceive they want to make fun of you um don't like them ever and you know mel and brian are a little impressionable a little <laughs> like that's their entire identity like oh yes. we're the downtrodden count and countess of talanth we hate court we hate aristocracy like we're not like them yeah it's a them. very much an us versus them yes. kind of philosophy and mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's you know, just directly a result of their parents, you know, influence. Yes. Um, yes. Totally understandable for, you know, an 18 year old and a 21 year old. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you can't Who also them. haven't been to court themselves. No. Like Bran went for like a little bit, but like he's kind of a country bumpkin. So like, yeah, he obviously was not treated. The redheaded well. country bumpkins. Oh my God. It's worse. Ugh. He's redhead. <laughs> So, yeah, they're kind of screwed from the beginning. Yes. But uh, anyway, so they're going to war. Uh, They rally. They start to plan. um, But, you know, given their limited resources, keep in mind, they're poor. Like, they live in the mountains. Like, we're talking, like, Appalachia, West Virginia. Okay? (laughs) Like, like they don't got a lot of people. They don't have a lot of money. No. But they're a little smart. So, like, what can they do? Guerrilla warfare. Guerrillas. (laughs) All right. They, They approach battle planning like you know those american revolutionaries testing out guerrilla warfare against the redcoats like yes undermine 
retreat, repeat. It works mm -hmm. all the time. It does. And Mel even like talks about that. She's like, oh, this is like fun. We just get to like pull funny like tricks on them and then like, you know, dash away before they even know where we are. Like, this is easy. <laughs> okay. So this is where I really started to like Mel. Like, yes. Not that she's super unlikable in the beginning, but you know, she acknowledges right at the start that she's, you know, she's not going to be effective at hand to hand combat. Yes. So she's smart. She thinks of ways she can be effective. Yes. Which was nice because like a lot of the times fantasy romance will like emphasize these people that are like magically super good at, you know, sword fighting or mm -hmm. hand to hand combat. So it's nice like getting this girl that's like, no, like I cannot do any I of that. Suck. <laughs> but you know, like I'm going to try to find like what I can do. To... Okay. Like <laughs> how many times have you read like, oh, I am so tiny, but I have magical powers. I will yeah. defeat you. Or alternatively, I am like outrageously tall. Katie, you know nothing about that. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm not six I'm foot. I'm outrageously <laughs> tall and I can be equal to any man. And uh, how dare you challenge me, right? Yeah. Like there's these two extremes and mm -hmm. Mel doesn't fit on either one of them. She's real. It's like, actually, if you were in this, you know, circumstances, you're like a small, very petite mm -hmm. countess who mm -hmm. has no sword fighting, you know, experience. Like you're maybe not going to be best at hand-to-hand -hand combat. Don't ride into battle with a sword thinking, <laughs> no. oh, I'm going to defeat the king. Like, no, that's not no. going to happen. Like, so that's cool. Like, Mel doesn't dwell on this. Yeah. yeah, she's tiny. And and this comes up throughout the story, but she, like, never really hyper-focuses as, like, as a flaw mm -hmm. or as something that needs to be overcome. She acknowledges the realities of her situation and figures out a way to work around it. Like, yes. There's no resentment. There's no woe is me or I'll show you what I can do mentality. It's like, it's super refreshing. Mm -hmm. And she like is excited about it too. She's like, this is how I can help. Like, mm -hmm. it's okay that I don't know how to sword fight. Like I can find ways to like help the cause. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Similarly, like the author doesn't use Mel's size and her inability to like match with her brother as a as like a trend to create these broad sweeping gender roles for the rest of the country. Yes. Like it's not like he versus her and she's like sidelined because he like totally is like, okay, like you can do whatever you want to do. And there's like a part in it too. I don't want to like jump to a head, but she like takes a little like group of like kids in like middle-aged, you know, like almost teens and is like, okay, we're going to do some like super guerrilla warfare stuff and like, you know, sabotage and like spy. And it's like, it's this good, like everyone has a place and everyone has a job and it like doesn't matter if you're like good or bad at anything. Like everybody has something that they can do. Like smarter, not harder. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like that's exactly what this is. Like, and it's cool because yeah, Mel's a female. She There's only so much she can do given the circumstances she's been set up in. But there's mm -hmm. plenty of other incredibly competent female like fighters and military leaders in this story. Yes. Oh, I loved that about this book because like looking back, there are no defined weird gender roles. No, no. There's, there's no sense of like, Oh, I'm a dude. I can do this. You're a woman. You can do this. Mm -hmm. there, and it, it's not even a, like an undercurrent at all. It's no. just everyone can do anything and just, depends on what they are suited to mm -hmm. because like Mel even, you know, goes on to meet one of the captains mm -hmm. um, of the enemy forces and, you know, very horrible circumstances, but it's like a lady and she's like respected and it's not weird that she's in, you know, charge. Like there's no weird undercurrents or like, Oh my God, I can't believe like we have a lady captain. It's like, yeah, she's a captain 
Yeah, that, a that's a cool <laughs> thing, right? They're not like, oh, look, a female captain. Let's like underscore there's a woman captain in the military, right? Yeah. Like it's like, a, oh yeah, she's just that's she's that's her that's her job. <laughs> she's there, she's doing she's it, doing and it. she's doing it well. And again, there's no like drastic comparisons between Mel and this other female leader. Mm -hmm. It just it's another character. Yep. They're just good at whatever they're good at. Thank you, Sherwood Smith. Yes. Um, okay, so let's back to the story yes uh, so <laughs> mel's lack of combat skills is relevant because there's this code of war in romalna hmm. um, and it's implied that there's this code of war that applies for other countries on the same continent and it forbids the use of ranged weapons oh yeah so you mean uh bows yes. and arrows bows and arrows how uh very inconvenient for our robin hood heroine <laughs> that it is <laughs> <laughs> but it's a super it's a super cool plot device right mm -hmm. like like we have the geneva conventions in you know modern day right but we have geneva conventions in fantasy land yeah it's nice that there's like certain things that are outlawed that then kind of push the story along exactly like yes. This leads Mel to come up with like several plots to damage, you know, supply trains, water sources, and in general cause a whole lot of inconvenience for the incoming force. Yes. And she does like a really good job of it too. So much so that King Galdrin has sent out this new commander to replace his incompetent general. Yes. And this is where like uh, Mel is like, oh, this is like so much fun. Like we're going to win in like a month and a half. And they're we're doing gonna... a good job too. <laughs> like they're successful. Yep. It's like these stupid ass idiots. But then all of a sudden is this new commander. Oh dear. Oh man. So this new commander, right? Like I, I want to say this is the first time I encounter, like when I first wrote this book, like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to say how long ago, but it was a very long <laughs> time ago. I read this book and I encountered the word foppish. I love it. I, I don't <laughs> really know what it means, but you get everything you need to know from that word. Exactly. Foppish. He's a dandy. He's dandy. A dandy. Yes. Yeah. He's obsessed with clothes and gambling and like other rich people things. Mm -hmm. Like he rides around his columns of soldiers wearing this beautiful plumed helm. <laughs> okay. <gasps> like rumor has it that this new guy is a joke <laughs> total joke he is not gonna win and mel's like oh fuck you buddy like <laughs> i think they like even laugh in the story they're like oh this like new guy lol <laughs> yeah pretty much like oh thanks for cutting us a break uh your majesty yep. <laughs> we appreciate you uh so but you know but then uh oh but then but then <laughs> why is he doing a better job than the last guy fuck uh, oh. <laughs> oh no oh, yeah melon brand just can't seem to turn this one like around like the last one and mm -hmm. and they're getting annoyed like mel in particular he's like this dude is an idiot why do i keep fucking up yeah that would be like mental fuck up if like mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like oh this guy's gonna be easy we're gonna be out of here and like you know by the fall and all of a sudden he's like good at his job <laughs> yeah, like, how is this happening who is working with him right melon brand the astiars are losing people and resources every single day. Like they themselves have resorted to breaking the code of war. Mm. Uh, they're using these animal traps, like those like metal claw ones that you see in Bambi, right? Like, yeah, like bear, uh, bear traps. Yeah, bear traps. Yeah. Um, so they're using them to catch unsuspecting enemy soldiers in the woods. Um, yeah, and if you think that little technique is gonna turn around and bite them in the ass, you're absolutely right. Uh, Hillfolk <laughs> Karma is at work. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, they, uh, they're not doing so great, but you know, the bad guys, they're breaking the code of war too. Like they're using bows and arrows. So both mm. sides, the good and the bad, they're both breaking the code of code of war. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not great for either side. And, uh, does that go bad for anyone oh, that we know of? You don't see. <laughs> okay. So, so Mel, Mel being a little, uh, I don't know, self-righteous. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, not our Mel. Um, so she chews her brother out for using this tra- these traps. She has like no qualms about, you know, poisoning their supplies, but God forbid, like we they use, use bear these, traps. And they use bear traps, okay? <laughs> That's where I draw the line. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, so she's, she's really concerned. Like she doesn't want their own people to get caught in one of these traps. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, foreshadowing <laughs> isn't a thing in this book. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, well. so, uh, I know. Right. So she goes off alone into the woods at night. Because that always is a good move in every story ever. Okay, it's, it's going to go well for her. I swear. Right. Okay. This is this is great. Okay. So so she successfully though finds the enemy camp. She observes them for a bit, pats herself on the back for her sneakiness, and then uh, finally decides to stealthily creep back to home base. Except, uh, you know what good spies don't do. What? Uh, they don't let their minds wander. Like, they don't just like, <laughs> oh, I'm in the woods alone at night. I'm just going to like, huh, what am I going to do tomorrow? <laughs> That's surprising. <laughs> right? Like, okay. So, oh, shit. Karma has arrived and taken, guess what? A nasty bite of her foot. Oh, my God. What did she step in? Fate to black. <laughs> <laughs> she stepped in a bear trap. She stepped in a bear trap. Couldn't Immediately. See, she couldn't see that one coming. Okay. So, all right. Oh, God, girl. I know. I know. Mel, so Mel wakes up. Where does she wake up? Have the mysterious hill folks saved her? No. Uh -uh. No. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. No, they did not. Oh, wait, wait. But wait. Did a dangerously attractive soldier from her home camp just to keep her safe, hoping to one day close the distance from lowly guardsmen to barefoot, but beautiful countess, follow her to keep her safe? No. No, not at all. There is none of that. You done fucked up, A-Rod. Like, <laughs> you made a mistake. <laughs> you made a mistake there. So Mel, as she will do throughout the rest of the story, lands herself in the hands of the enemy. Yep. That yeah. she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that bad, though. Like, she's she's getting medical treatment. And, wow. Okay. Okay. So she's surprisingly, and this is what I really appreciated. She's smart enough to accept that treatment. Wow. I feel like there's some characters who are like, oh my God, no, like I can't accept anything for like, girl, your foot is, there's like holes in it. You're going to die. Okay. You yeah. need some help. You maybe need a little bit of assistance. Uh-huh, right? <laughs> We've all seen that heroine who's like, I'm so proud. I will not accept that I'm strong and I'm just going to get through this. It's like, no, you are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Mel, like despite her age, right? She's young. Mm-hmm. She's inexperienced. She's like, you know, I... This sucks. Yeah. (laughs) It does. I need some help right now. So, so she, you know, she gets some treatment, like, and she meets her interrogator who is, Mm. you know, an interrogator is pretty friendly. Mm -hmm. He's not unpleasant. Um, Interesting. Which is, I feel like a more effective, like, interrogation method than, like, immediately going to, like, let me, hmm. you know, pull your fingernails out. Right? I wonder. <laughs> like, maybe, like, maybe let's, that like, has applications in the real world, right? <laughs> like, knows? A, a pre- uh, like, a friendly, unpleasant, or, or pleasant, I should say, mm-hmm. interrogator. Oh, and she's getting food. Um, and rest and her foot is healing also seems reasonable. (laughs) Yeah. So she's in the enemy camp 
getting all of these things. <laughs> okay. So before at home base, she was starving, didn't have enough clothes for the weather, um, and huh. was pretty hopeless. <laughs> I uh, would immediately be like, well, thank you for, you know, saving me. And I get like food. Like, what do you want to know? <laughs> I feel a little guilty, but uh, yeah. What do you want to know? Okay. So anyway, yes. she resolves not to disclose her identity. And smart. Yeah. I mean, she's royalty. Frankly, I believe her, right? Like if nothing else, Mel is stubborn. She yes. But she consistently acts with good intent, even if she acts a little rashly. But this is surprisingly not rash. She's like, okay, like I'm in enemy camp, mm -hmm. like not in a good spot. I'm just going to pretend like I'm like a nobody. And that's good for her. <laughs> right? Like that's hard to do. Yes. Right? Like I don't know that I would act the same way, like having never been in that situation. Yeah. Uh, it's like admirable. I'm like, okay, girl, like you got it going on. Like you're thinking through some things. It like, speaks to her character, which is why yes. she's so damn likable. Like, yes. despite a lot of shit that she does, she's like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you're like, you're a good person. Like yep. she never once wavers in her beliefs or her desires to do the right thing mm -hmm. for the right people. Yeah. And, like, she never lets her own self-interest override her behavior. Yes. Even despite holes in her foot. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's why we have Bran. Yes. Bran. He, he, yeah. Mm, <laughs> oh, Bran. Tune in to episode three to find out what we think of Bran. <laughs> it's not good. Let no. Me just, it's not. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. So, so let's reiterate. Uh, Mel and Bran are both young. Yes. Capital Y. <laughs> uh, like Bran, he's not a military strategist. He's not that very uh, experienced, reserved older brother figure. He's this exuberant, fun-loving, see the good in everything kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Like, so when his baby sister is captured by the evil overlords, what does he do with this highly trained mountain militia? Maybe not make some good decisions. Oh, no. <laughs> He charges into the camp with stupid fearlessness. Not once. He does it twice. Okay, right. Thank <laughs> that you. Checks out. Yeah, thanks, Bran. Okay, so very in character. So Mel, okay, Mel, who has so resolutely commended herself on standing alone against the enemy and not betraying her people by turning into this very expensive hostage. She's a countess, <laughs> by the way. Uh, what does she do when she hears a commotion in the camp? followed by the sounds of her brother recklessly shouting her name. She keeps quiet and doesn't say anything, oh, right? Oh, one would hope, <laughs> right? One would hope. No, she lunges out of her cot, blind with pain because her foot is mangled, and she begins shouting her location. <laughs> That's going to work really well. <laughs> so, so very well. Yes. Okay. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm pretty tired of heroines, like, always winning right away. Yes. Right? Yeah, unreasonably. Like, no justifiable experience other than I'm special. Mm -hmm. um, like, so even when we, like, cringe a little at a character's decisions, like, Mel's response to her brother's rescue makes sense. Yeah, because it would take so much consciousness of, like, situation in, you know, circumstances to, like, oh, I'm not going to say anything, even though he's, like, obviously calling for me. Like, that would take so fucking much, and you're, like, in the middle of a stressful situation. Like, you haven't, you've been, like, starving for however many months, and you have holes in your foot. Like, that would be unreasonable for her to be, like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. Like, exactly. anyone would immediately be, like, I'm yeah. here, save me. <laughs> yeah, like, so as a reader, we're, like, oh, why did you do that? But, you know, of course who did that? Of it's, course. like, reasonable. Right, yeah. So, yes. again, like, 
Mel gets up, Brian, please save me. Oh, wait, my foot hurts a lot. Let's <laughs> faint again. Fade to black. Checks out. Yeah. Okay. You fade. have holes in your foot. <laughs> you have holes in your foot. Like, okay, don't break the code of war. Like, yeah. karma learn. Yep. Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, Mel wakes up. Where does she wake up? Oh, that's a great question. So she wakes up on a horse. Hmm, yeah. That's interesting. How is she seated? I don't know. Because if I have a mangled <laughs> foot, you can bet your ass I'm not riding a horse by myself. <laughs> Hell no. no. <laughs> I am not even walking. Tra tra I am going. Tra tra no. mm -mm. Full in bed. You need to take care of me. <laughs> All right. So, so do you remember our mysteriously pleasant interrogator? Hmm. How, like, how does he play into this? Hmm. That's interesting. So in very <laughs> short order, Mel realizes she's in an even worse position than when she was before. What could be even worse than I... sitting in the middle of an enemy camp? I don't know. So the hmm, let's start with the enemy, thanks to her brother, the idiot brand, mm -hmm. uh, now knows who she is. Uh, they know that she's a countess. She, they know she's a countess. <laughs> they know she's been trying to rebel against the king. Akko. Oh, very. She's literally like an enemy of the crown. That's a problem. <laughs> okay, so so now she's on a horse with the interrogator. She's on the way to the capital to meet the king. Ugh. Worthwhile, right, to mention at this point that Mel's family suspects it was the king who arranged her mother's murder. Akko, and oh. he's probably going to arrange for her murder. Probably. <laughs> One could assume. Okay, so she has no means of escape, reference like illegal trap setting and mangled foot. Mm -hmm. So she's on a horse with this interrogator. She can't get away. Mm -hmm. And the interrogator. Who is it? Uh, hmm. Do you remember that, like, plume-helmed foppish commander? Yes. Yeah, well... Let me introduce you to the Marquis of Chivrayeth. Oh, they're on a horse together. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is where we're going to end for part one of Crown Duel. Mm-mm-mm. Um, it gets more fun from here. It gets so much more fun. So uh, from our shelf to yours, we'll see you on the next page. readers if you'd like to help us pick our next book send us a message on instagram or if you'd like to just listen we post new episodes every monday on spotify amazon or apple music thanks for listening